0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. You're listening to After Normal. Broadcasting from the beautiful South Byrne. Except
1: no something.
2: Hello dear listeners, welcome to an impromptu edition, a Monday afternoon, more relaxed edition of Acton Millwall. My name is Nick Hart, you're listening of course to the number one Millwall podcast and joining me to review what was an excellent, in my opinion, away point on Saturday and to kind of mull over the Millwall scene generally is our re- show regulars, Mr Michael Avery. How are you doing Michael?
1: Good afternoon Nick, good afternoon uh, listeners. Yeah, very uh, very good result of the weekend uh, for us. Has left me... Uh quite positive. I'm normally the more positive ones on these pods, but I'm even more positive. That'll make make you pessimists sick, won't it?
2: Well, I was was half hoping, expecting Harry to be with us today, Michael, but um, I think he must be otherwise engaged. So um, I I rely on Harry to bring a a, a touch of kind of uh, panic stroke realism to the conversations, because um, with that excellent away point of the Hawthorns, we are... I, in my opinion, I mean, it's the best chance we've had of playoff football um, since 2002. I mean, it is a, it's a kind of a different sense this season. If you compare it with that Neil Harris, was it 2017-18 season when we went close and fell away at the last, the, 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 the kind of Titanic game against Fulham, obviously, at the den. Um, but we would rather had a sense of chasing it that season. Um, whereas this term so far, we've still got, what, seven games to go. So it's not a done deal yet, listeners. But it feels like we're in a, we're slightly more in a driving seat. You know, it's it's it, it's 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 a situation where it's us that can fall out of the driving seat rather than we're trying to get into it. If that makes any metaphorical sense to the listeners, Michael.
1: No, absolutely. And as you were saying that, I was actually gonna sort of comment on that. That,
2: you know, the the, the chase,
1: the chased, or the the chasee has become the chase now, haven't we? Um, yeah. You know, we we are quite comfortable. In what, we're in fifth now. We start the down sixth. Some results really... Normally, and I, I said this the other week um, um, amongst us, and I've said it to a few people around, it always cheeses me off a bit with Millwall in the sense that, you know, when we win or we go on runs and do well and get good results, nothing really seems to happen. Um, but then when we lose one, um, it all seems to go wrong. We drop out. I mean, if you think a while back to the Norwich game at home, was it the 3-2, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that was the, that was the first game we'd lost in quite a while. But the only, that was the first time there was any ever real any real movement in those playoff places with me. all well, we ended up dropping out of the playoffs um, a little bit. This is the first time where actually, as I say, we didn't win, but results have ended up going our way for once. And I think it's 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 quite nice now that that three point cushion. I remember after the Huddersfield game, I said that three point cushion was. Not really as soft a pillow to lay our head on as we thought we would have been, because obviously it's things to do with goal differences and everything like that. But now we've got, what, a four-point gap between us and Norwich? It's... Oh, there's a four-point
2: spread to Norwich in seventh, yeah, at the moment. Um, obviously, we've played 39, so seven games. They've played 39-2, um, four points behind. West Brom on our ninth, uh, some way off the... Well, i will say somewhere one point behind uh, the, the seventh and eighth positions, Norwich and Coventry. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think what I really liked about Saturday's performance, which was, um, a kind of a, a classic Gary Rowett away day grind in, a, in one sense. Um, but there was a time and a place for that kind of approach. And that very much was the whole fault on Saturday. They came into the game. Uh, I, mean, I suppose they're still there unbeaten in 12, I think. Um, but I think the stat prior to the game was, um, they'd got, uh, 10 wins from their last 11, and they're unbeaten in those 11. So, you know, it's a fair opponent that we're, we're taking on there. And we really did make them look um, no big deal, Michael. I mean, I think I saw a statistic that said we had four shots on target to so their one, which is pretty, <laughs> you know, that's, that's a testament to the team's approach and Gary Rowett's tactical approach, really. I know it, it, we've we've kind of um over Gary Rowett for a long while, but I think it's really starting to show now the what he's doing, which is making the most of the squad that we have rather than what other clubs have, which, you know, maybe superficially more talent, more um uh, pace, more 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 whatever you want. But which we're making the most of what we have, Michael, and I've got to take my hat off to him because Saturday was a classic example of that, I thought.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the thing is as well, I've, I've always said my sort of line on this pod when it comes to Gary Rowett is always, we'll never go down with Gary Rowett, you know. No, never look over no. our shoulder, no. Gary Rabbit. But my issue, I've 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 always backed managers because at the end of the day, it's a hard job to do. No matter what club you're at, it's also a hard club, a hard job to do at a club like Millwall because you know the fans let you know when they're not happy. Rightly so. If the fans aren't happy um, and something needs to change, they're they're vocal about it. But, my issue with Ra was always right we never go down, but what we're we trying to what we're we trying to achieve, where are we trying to go what we're we trying what to are we do? trying
2: to create yeah,
1: yeah, so there was always the possibility you know of a kind of where we'd fall into a bit like a sort of Chilton trap where we'd always been mid table in our league, probably doing better than we should be doing um. But then when we sack our reliable manager, because it's not taking us to the next level, we can end up dropping like a stone, similar to what happened with Cheltenham and Kerbysh famously in the Premier League. Mm, um, yeah. But I think under Rowick now, we're starting to see the fruits. He's obviously had a bit more budget uh, than he has had previously and other managers have had. But I don't even think Nick is just the budget, because you'll have the sort of anti-Rowick brigade who still think Neil Harris should be... a. Uh, um, marched back into the then hot seat, <laughs> say that, you know, Neil Harris would have been able to do it with a budget. But I don't think, I, I think you need to be a particular manager to get this group of players who, again, I've said in the nicest possible way, wouldn't make the top six of any other team and get them in the top six comfortably. So I think he's done a stellar job.
2: Yeah, I and mean, he's knitting together players that are, I don't know, I mean, Zion Fleming, perhaps a part, is obviously our creative um you know the talent that we have in the side um but i think he's knitting together players that otherwise would be fairly dis- described as journeymen i suppose i don't know I think that might be a bit unfair on one or two of them maybe that, george Savile might consider that an unfair description but they're players that haven't really reached the heights and and, and touched the stars you know um but collectively we, we are more than the sum of our parts and i probably even include zian because i think as much as we all um you know, idolise uh, Zion. Maybe not for his basketball skills, and that little clip that we saw on, on YouTube the other day. Um Stand down, Chicago Bulls. we you, you, you know, you can move along here, mate. Um, You know, I, I think I wonder whether he would get into other teams. Sometimes, I mean, you know, he, he has his he has his great moments, but he does go quiet on us at times. So, anyway, my point being that we're greater than the sum of our past, which I think comes back to Gary Rowett's um, abilities as a manager. It feels quite strange to be praising him as a manager. We've got, we all got into a little bit of a mental loop, Michael, of knocking him all the time, haven't we? And I think it's coming as a bit of a, um, I don't know, it's a revelation almost to, to, to start to, to praise the man. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and that's the thing. I mean, I think with, with Rowett, um, it, it's an interesting one because he, he obviously came in, um, after doing reasonably well at other clubs. I, I, I never really, as I've said to you before, I never use Stoke City as a gauge of how well managers do because that is just an utter shit show up there. So
2: I mm. don't think
1: if you get sacked from Stoke, it's any blot on any CV. Birmingham is
2: as well, manager. really, isn't it? In a similar way, yeah. Birmingham can be a madhouse.
1: Well, he didn't, he got sacked from Birmingham when they was in the playoffs, didn't he? Yeah.
2: yeah. So,
1: um, so I'm not going to judge him on that. I think the thing is as well is that a lot of people thought Probably myself included, that uh, he was using Millwall to rebuild his career and then be on his way. But he's rebuilding his career and he's going up to the Premier League with Millwall. It it, it may happen rather than, rather than go up to the Premier League and leave us behind. He, he might be taking him take taking us with him. And I, th- I think I think he is doing a, a good job. Like you, you, a few years back, a place like West Brom, you'd struggle to get anything there, let alone not them have beat you at all, especially with their resources. I know there's you can say it's a a bit of a shambles behind the scenes there, but with their firepower and their players, they should have wiped the floor with us in both games on paper. They've not
2: beat us. Results terms, yeah, financial muscle or whatever way you want to put it, they they bring more to the table. Um, we more than matched them. I mean, I, th- I think we were unlucky not to win it on Saturday. Personally, I don't know if the listeners out there would agree with that, but um, I thought we had our we had the majority of the chances. It was a game of few chances. Uh, was, I remember there was one. I was a long way away from it, but I remember Bradshaw going there with a header that went looped upwards over the bar in the first half, way down at the other end from where we were standing. That maybe on another day that that heads you know on target. Um, there's a few chances in the second half where you know on a different day maybe one of those goes in and uh, happy days. You're you're goal ahead and in control. Of the game just didn't work quite that way, but you know they, they should be they should be waltzing past us, Michael. In the fact that they're not keep paying tribute to to the uh, the squad. The effort, um, and Gary Rowett, because you know, as much as we might all call for flamboyance at times, I mean, obviously the big one is when will Roman Sa be unleashed on on the world, and uh, you know, will it be in the next uh, few games or not? But I suppose there's. There comes a point when I, I, it made me laugh on on Saturday where Gary Rowett shuts up shop. Even if we're not shut already, then the shutters are kind of being locked with a padlock. When uh, Hutchinson comes in, we go to the three man defence, and we, we yeah. that's it. We, nothing's going to get past us. Um, mm. That's the kind of realism of of being a football manager, isn't it? You know, at a certain point, you take what you've got and you move on, and that's 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 what he does very very well, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and and. And the thing is as well with with, with Rowett and Harry's managing at the moment, I mean I know it sounds silly because this tends to be our footballers as a game, but the only times I've noticed I sort of really sort of lose games, um, is even when someone comes down and they just tactically completely outmaster us like Fulham did last season. Um, yeah, yeah. you can argue you can argue even I know they're shocking at the moment and too busy trying to do uh, team building exercises, but again QPR at the beginning of the season, I thought they were very good against us. Or when we have a really, really bad off day like we did against Huddersfield the other week, we're not, we're not a team who, who loses through our own kind of like regular performances. You know, we, 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 if, what I'm trying to say is every game we go into, if things go to plan, we have got a good chance of winning a game. Um, yeah, and, yeah. But like I say, compare Agreed. that to the likes of QPR at the moment. Every game they go into, they, they seem like they're going to lose because they're just not well, they're, good enough.
2: But I they're think spiraling, we're well doing aren't they? Now. They're yeah. spiralling out of control. I mean, these, these kind of bizarre, absolutely bizarre, almost Ian Holloway-esque uh, South Sea Island team building things that he's doing gives you a little glimpse. I mean, we, we were far away from that under Holloway not so long ago. So the fact that we feel more like a normal football club is in itself, um, you know, a major, major step forward. So life could be a lot worse when you look at how they're doing. Um, but as far as, as far as Saturday's concerned, I mean, it was a defensive masterclass. I, I want to mention, if I may, uh, Charlie Cresswell, because it's come out um, on the social media this morning. Michael and I are recording Monday lunchtime. Um, that he's fractured his eye socket. He was down for a long while, uh, almost on just before the final whistle blew Saturday. And, and there's a picture that came out this morning with, it, with his um, left eye, I think it is. That's uh, it's not quite stitched, but they've got something that looks like stitches holding the, the top and um lower part of his eye, um brow and, and, and top of his cheek um together. And it turns out he's got a fractured eye socket, Michael. I mean that's that's um the boy has has really made his career, I think, this season for for us at the day. I mean, he came here to, to kind of uh gain experience. My gosh, he's he's been gained experience this season, hasn't he? I've really liked the look of the boy and what bravery he shows as well.
1: Yeah, and to be fair to him as well, I mean, I remember the first game of the season, I was saying about how great he was and brilliant he was, and him and Sh- um, Shackleton and, and uh, how great they are going to be for us, etc. And then it sort of went a bit off the ball. I think it was about Sheffield United. He had a bit of a howler, didn't he? With, with a he let one ball. get away
2: from him, didn't he? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then it was a little bit hot and cold. Is he good enough? Is he not good enough? Should we send him back? But he's really cemented that centre-half position as his own, very similar to how Ballard did it last year um, at at Millwall. I think it obviously, without trying to be um, too disrespectful to Sean Hutchinson, I think it helps when Hutchinson's been out injured for so long. Creswell, obviously, is just the natural pick. Um, Otherwise, you'd argue, should Hutch play in front of Creswell? I mean, a few months back when he was a bit hot and cold. But he's been excellent. I think he's been really, really good this season. Um, he obviously loves the club. You saw those social media videos of him on like the was it the Elizabeth yeah. final or the underground where he was joining yeah. in with the fans. He gets on with the fans. He he, he every time he scores he's always running over to, to like the um Cold Blow Lane or the or the Docker stand to really get the applause. I th- I think if you ask him he likes it, Danny, and he's putting his body on the line and a lot of lone players don't do that. Especially ones
2: with
1: press especially ones with those sort of sense of grandeur that they could do it better somewhere else. But also I'm just looking on Millwall's website now, Nick. Um our our favorite piece of marmite and vogel extended his stay at the den
2: yes he's, he 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 drew a, a contract extension which i think was based on starts on appearances uh, starting appearances um I, I i don't mind that i mean I, there's there's this thing around about vogel that um you know he, he's not good enough I, I i don't buy that i think he he clearly brings something and given where we're sitting in the league table i think you've got to give Gary Rowick credit enough to if he's starting him he's seeing something that he wants in the team so I, I think to some extent um, far be from me ever to tell the Millwall support to get real but you got to get real here haven't you I mean you know he's a he's a decent winger he brings certain certain attributes on the on the uh, on the left side good penalty taker um, and the physical presence and also he went up front towards the end of, of uh, saturdays game. I, I dare say the likes of ryan loftus will be quaking in their boots at the moment and foaming at the mouth with retorts back for uh, for us for praising vogel and but that doesn't make me unhappy do you like do you like vogie michael are you a vogie fan
1: uh i'm still got splinters on my bum where i'm sitting on the fence too much with him um on I, the fence,
2: huh?
1: I, I i i don't see what everyone else is seeing and singing and dancing about at the moment. Um, I'm not saying it's not there to be seen eventually. Um, And again, we've always said Millwall fans, they appreciate hard work and effort, and he does do that. And there was the game the other week when he got a couple of assists playing alongside um, Zion Fleming. So obviously you put him alongside players of talent who know how to find him with certain passes. He looks okay, But I think some of the basic stuff needs work. Um, As I said in the Sheffield United FA Cup game at home for for someone who's meant to be a striker being that offside that many times um, in one game was a bit questionable and also I remember I think it was the Huddersfield game wasn't it when you know we had that free kick on the left hand side which he tried to whip in the box and it just went absolutely nowhere so yeah um I I get what you mean there are moments where he does look he does look okay. Um, he does work hard as we've said Um, he's obviously got a good relationship with the fans as it says there he scored three times and proved numerous assists numerous probably they can't remember how many assists he's got Um, but you know (laughs) he's played 36 games and he's also got the uh, he's also got the weird reputation of being a BFG even though he's only about 5 foot (laughs) 10
2: logic really plays a part in football football chant yeah. lyrics from the terraces i've i've been doing a bit of the old um one well, I, I keep reading listeners how, how to make your podcast more popular how to reach a bigger market and one of the things they always say is to interact with your audience on social media so i'll put a couple of polls polls out this morning michael which one of which was uh, we we touched on already uh, we will come back to charlie cresswell in a moment but i i, I posed a question for the uh the, the, the Twitterati out there, Michael, um, in the, the attacking midfield three, I'm going to presume that uh, Honeyman and Fleming kind of picked themselves for the game against Luton on Good Friday, but I was remarkably unimpressed with uh, Duncan Watmore's performance on Saturday. I, um, I don't like to slag players, but it just wasn't at the races at all on Saturday. So anyway, I've put a poll online, and you can still join in with it if, you, if you're motivated. You won't get on the podcast anymore, but... Um, Are you going to start in that left-sided attacking position amongst the attacking three? Um, So the split, Michael, um, least favourite is Duncan Watmore. And I think that does reflect a fairly disappointing showing on on Saturday. Duncan Watmore at the moment is on 13%, 1-3%. Then um, Oliver Burke, who seems to have adopted a role of um, impact sub, as they say in in the USA, in American sports. She's an impact substitution. He's on 18%. Then um, the wild card, the 33% of the 88 votes that have voted on it, not many people have voted so far, but 33% of those 88 want Roman SA to start. I think starting Roman on, against Luton might be a big ask. I'd hope to, to see him, Michael. But the favourite at the moment, just in front of Roman SA, is the BFG, uh, Andreas yeah. Vogel, Sam, 36%. So they start him, and I think he probably will start against Luton on Good Friday. I think the people will get what they just about want there.
1: That shows how shit our other options are, doesn't it?
2: No, I'm joking. <laughs> I just. Well, I think uh-huh. I think Watmore and Burke aren't starters, are they? I think that neither really. I mean, both seem to have impressed the most, and I get I get all the counter arguments about them coming into the club and uh, you know fitness de blah, but. Um, they both seem to make the most of themselves coming off the, off the bench with about twenty to go or fifteen to go or something, you know. So as yeah. a starter, probably he's only going to be Voguey. and I don't know about Essay, I'd love to see it, but uh, I just wonder whether he's a bit too raw at the moment to be starting against their promotion rivals, Luton, on Good Friday, yeah, three probably. three days away.
1: Possibly, possibly. SA's very much in that kind of um, Tyler Bury role, isn't he? Where you've got some people are screaming for him to start and others who um, want him just on the bench for the last 10, 20 minutes. So I think I'm in the latter camp like you. I think it's a big ask him starting. Um, and I think also as well, I remember I remember um, Neil Harris said it when he was in League One, didn't he, before he went up to the Championship, that when you've got your sort of young players, um, if they're a little bit inexperienced, you can't really start them that much in, in higher profile games in, in the championship and above, unless they are like ridiculously, hugely talented footballers who, you know, yeah, you know, see sh- like 10 yeah. years old, as good they are. Um, yeah, so that sort of counters the argument with like Billy Mitchell and um, Danny McNamara, but these boys obviously have bags of talent. So, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start to say personally, I'd Burke, I'm literally just counting down to the end of the season till he can go back. Um, because he is <laughs> just. I mean, You're not impressed. Not really, he's not really done <laughs> he, anything, is he? Let's be honest. He he ne- like, I think like,
2: he's, he's a, a nearly play. He, he nearly combined well with Fleming for it on a move in the second half at, at, at the Hawthorns. Um, I mean, nearly he's not good enough, listeners. I, I do take that point. But I suppose he has pace. Whether he's used correctly or whether that pace goes anywhere, yeah, I don't know. Open question. I suppose. I mean, neither, neither have exactly set the world on fire. I, I was hoping for more out of Watmore. I thought he might be a bit more of a, um, I don't know, Millwall player. Um, he, he didn't show it. He looked. He looked like me if I was wandering around on the pitch like I've been, you know, named unexpectedly by Gary Rowett to start on the, the the left side. I would wander around like Duncan Watmore did out there, looking slightly lost and wanting to be back back in, on the terraces, you know, complaining about somebody else. Um, so yeah Vogi uh, Vogi almost certainly is the is the the 36 percent choice of my poll very very scientifically done and and just to follow it up just to try and reinforce this new um dialogue based approach that I'm going for on the podcast now Michael um I've asked a question is that obviously with Cresswell um with with a, a fractured eye hip socket. <laughs> <laughs> would, 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 the, would would the people start him, um, or would they, would they wearing a mask, clearly, a, a Tony Craig-style Phantom of the Opera mask, would they start him or would they have uh, Sean Hutchinson? I mean, for me, the there's only one choice, really, that's Hutchie, but 81 votes, this, this is a good lesson for all you youngsters out there, that people regard you in the working world as disposable assets. They don't care about you as an individual. You are a unit to be used because eighty-one percent, fifty-eight percent of the eighty-one votes, Michael would start Cressy wearing a mask on Good Friday with a fractured eye socket. Yeah.
1: Well, to be oh. fair, yeah, you you'd actually, I think you'd actually rather either of those two with missing limbs over George Evans.
2: Um, <laughs> well, you can pull, you can pull in Murray Wallace, I suppose. I mean, I, I wouldn't do that above. Sean Hutchinson, only if uh, Hutch was, was injured. I think we've got to regard Cresswell was injured probably for Friday and and Monday, at least. Um, he might be able to take the field wearing a mask after that if, if Gary Rowett sees it. But um, I think probably with an experienced captain, you know, Sean Hutchinson, it'd be a, a bit of a snub not for him to start in, the, in this situation. Don't you agree?
1: Yeah. And the thing is, as well, this is where football is a funny old game as well, because, I mean... If you fractured your eye socket, I'll sit at a desk and I'll go, I ain't coming in today, i fracture my eye socket.
2: I'd, I'd be Have looking been for been... six months off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'd,
2: been... I'd be getting my union rep to get me some time out. Yeah. Yeah. Not, t- not yeah. take the field. I've
1: got, I've got a doctor's note. <laughs> I can't type. Um, but I thought, yeah, but um, I mean, j- oh, yeah. It's one of those. If 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 medically he is clear to play with with a with a mask on, then yeah, you'd you'd give him a run out. And that's no disrespect to Hutch, but he's he's in good form and he's and and those type of things again without trying to be too silly. They're the sort of things that sort of fire you up as well, don't they? You know, like oh, you know, I've just, I've been smashed in the face, but I'm still ready to keep going, kind of thing. So. Yeah, I'll try, Crescent. There are there are, mean, there, well,
2: there are people like that out there. I've never been that kind of person, but yeah, there are people that. that no, that,
1: me neither. Uh, ne- <laughs> yeah, me neither. I bruised, I, I
2: bruised I bruise I like a peach. <laughs> there are people that get fired up by having a fractured eye socket and then taking the field. I mean, good luck to to Charlie Cresswell. I mean, in all seriousness, it's it's a major injury. I I'll be amazed if we see him Friday uh, and Monday. I think at least at least a, a, a week and a bit out. Maybe I, I don't know enough. I am not medical medically qualified to know about the wherewithals of wearing a mask to protect him I think you see it going on but um, I think given that we do have reinforcements there then uh, give him enough time to get over that I think He's a young boy and he deserves it uh, it would probably kill him to to miss out on, on what is looking like a, a you know a terrific playoff run and there's still a lot of football to be played potentially there's at least seven league games and who knows if we get any playoff football so I think nurture the boy would be my, my feeling. Um, caution uh, taking precedence. Uh, I was interested to see Billy Mitchell and Mason Bennett getting some run-out time. There's an under-21 game going on. I think it might be on now, Michael, uh, versus Burnley. So both of the boys are getting some game time, which is good also for the for the running because um, Mason might make a difference going forwards. And certainly to have Billy back is going to be a good thing too for midfield.
1: Yeah, I think the thing is as well, Nick, considering the... Um in the nicest way, considering the way Mason Bennett left the field when he got injured. Um it does yeah. It, I thought it was um, a season over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does, it does it is good to see um that he's he's obviously getting some kind of run and Mitchell as well, because I think even though we have been playing well, um I think we have missed him in the midfield um big time personally. I think him and um him and what's what's his name, Savile together is only gonna make Saville. the midfield stronger. And I think as well, I said it for the Huddersfield game. It, it could be a subconscious coincidence from from uh, from Millwall, but I found that since Mitchell's been out of the team, we are relying a lot more on sort of long balls over the top and balls out wide rather than playing through yeah. the middle as much as when Mitchell is there. That could Agreed. that could be a that could be a tactic that they've actually meant to employ, it or they're, they're like, well, there's no one to give the ball to in the midfield now who can sort of control and pull the strings. But we'll see. We'll see when he comes back.
2: I can't let Saturday pass without mentioning the pantomime that was Jed Wallace. Um listeners, um if you listen to my live game stream of consciousness you would you will have heard the um the reaction of the mill crowd. It's a strange business Michael and, and you know obviously Jed decided for his own I believe understandable familial reasons he wanted to make the most of his career which is a short thing for a footballer he's decided at the time of our uh, last uh, time that West Brom offered a better chance of a route towards the Premier League, as it's turned out, it's not well, it's not done yet. So we mustn't tempt fate. But it's looking that Millwall was the right choice, um, you know, if if he wanted a shot at the big time. But anyway, we'll see how it all pans out. I think maybe there's a bit of a pantomime quality to some of. It. <laughs> I think people love to have, have someone to hate, and um, you know, there he is, uh, the, the spurned ex-lover. You know, it's like having a your girlfriend uh, dump you when you're 15, isn't it? You, you you kind of live with it for a long time. Um, so all yeah, I can, I mean,
1: All I can say is, Nick, it's like when your girlfriend dumps you for a better-looking fella in a nicer car, but then you notice their car on the old shoulder, the M25, while you're still going by in your Fiat Punto. <laughs>
2: the, the younger listeners will not know what I'm talking about, and you might not even know what I'm talking about, Michael, but there was a punk song called Jilted John by Jilted John where um, his girlfriend Julie leaves him and goes off with Gordon, who's better looking and trendy. Uh, and then they finish up laughing at Jilted John whilst he goes to the fish fish and chip shop. Um, a Great, great sound. Um, but that is very much how it feels at times. I don't know what people would do without someone to hate at Millwall. At the moment, Jed Wallace fulfills the role once taken by Ian Holloway. Now it's Jed Wallace. Um, there we are. Personally, I don't really care about him. and He's gone. He ain't going to come back. Um, Harry posed an interesting question online the other day about Jed, actually. If we got promoted, big if. Um, we, if suddenly we were looking to reinforce our squad, would we want him back? I I don't know that you'd be good enough, Michael. If you're talking about Premier League quality, I, I think if we did get promoted, big if. I'd hope we'd be looking for something a bit better as far as we can afford and it might be foreign it might be players that um you know we haven't maybe don't spring to mind but I'd be looking for something a little bit up I'd be upgrading, wouldn't you if we got promoted
1: Oh, hundred percent um I always said a little while back when i think it was when villa was interested it was it villa was interested in a few years back and the um and people saying would he go would he not and i was I, i'm a bit i'm a fan of jed Wallace. Uh, as a player, especially when he was with us, obviously recently, like you say, Nikki's moved on, and we 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 move on as well. But mm. um, I never I never really thought he was like a like a really good Premier League team quality player. You could maybe argue, you know, someone someone like a Southampton would take a punt on him there, or someone towards the bottom who are struggling or look like again, down could take a punt on him. Um, maybe, but,
2: maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. but I'm I'm a little
1: bit similar to you in the sense that. If we do go up and um, and we, we should be looking sort of wider afield as to who we could buy and, and sort of with the resources we've got. However, sure on the other foot, if those players aren't available or we can't afford them, let's be honest. Jed Jed Wallace is probably better than the vast majority of players we've got now. So, I'd, 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 if if he was there as an option, I'd, I'd perhaps consider it at the very
2: least. We'll cross that bridge when it comes. We'll, we'll, we'll leave the Jed Wallace pantomime there, listeners. Um, I thought that was an interesting question. Well, well done, H for posing it. It was Doesn't probably, it it was probably that... Harry's
1: way. It was probably Harry's way of starting an argument with someone and then call him a C next Tuesday for saying <laughs> that he's a good winger. <laughs> and then and then and then telling us just how much of a dickhead that Paulo one seven three four nine two one three is We're tweeting it
2: back. Good old Harry. <laughs> Dear old H. Oh. <laughs> Penalty shout! I've got some notes I've made on you're, you're you're a referee on the on the quiet Michael Avery. You had penalty shouts. There was a couple of controversies on Saturday where West Brom claimed a penalty I, too far for me to to take a view, and I, I haven't actually seen the um uh, the YouTube clip of the highlights I haven't really looked at any of the footage. Uh, I don't know if it would be included in it, but anyway, the Jake Cooper's was my in my mind as to why. He can be rugby tackled, rugby league tackled, rugby union tackled, and every other variation, American football tackled at corners, and we don't get a penalty. Um, what do you think goes through the minds of referees? Is there a, a sense that he's a big boy and he can give it and take, and he's got to take it? Um, I, I, I kind of get that to some extent, but when you have players physically hanging on to uh, anyone, let's take Jay, uh, Jake for as an example, but anyone, it strikes me an offence is being committed under the rules of the game, and nothing seems to happen. Um, I don't know what the, I don't know what the understanding is amongst referees as to what you give and what you don't give, and why you, you give it, and why you don't give it. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um, in truth, I've, I've, there's some that I've seen that I thought has that not been given, and there's there's others that I've seen where I'm thinking, I don't know what we're appealing for. In truth, um, but I mean. It's always, this is where it's always, players
2: go over lightly. Would would that be what you're thinking? Of yeah, where yeah, players yeah. Are and, oh,
1: there's, yeah, there's a little bit yeah. of contact, and, and there is. But um, I think it's the age old argument. Nick, I saw, I saw a thing. I think it was um, Keith Hackett. Was uh, it was uh, the other day, put on Twitter. They were saying about the time the the ball was in the players uh, goalkeeper's hands from a goal kick. Mm-hmm. And why is that not penalised more? And basically, he said in the tweet, I think it was him. So if it's not him and he and he's a, obviously an avid listener, um, then I apologise. But he said something like, "What happened was, was the referees have made have made the mistake in where they've let it go for so long. They now can no longer really pull it up, even though it's a law of the game. You know, it's it's like right. when the goalkeepers catch a ball and then throw themselves on the floor. You think we well, don't yeah. need to do that, but again, because that's how they've got round the law." Um to a degree, but I think it goes back to the argument, Nick that if you, yes, the Jake cooper some of the majority of the Jake Cooper ones are bad, but how many penalties would you give a game if you gave them?
2: Well, potentially a lot, but then I suppose the counter argument I mean I, I get the consistency argument because that's always a thing that's always mentioned by managers across the across the divisions, whatever level that they they want referees to be consistent in their de- decision making. And I suppose once you've started not giving something, then you, to be consistent, you have to carry on not giving it. It does lead to some ludicrous situations. So I, 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 I think my my thought would be you'd only have to give one or two penalties before everyone would start to cotton on that actually this this offence is now being seen as an offence. I don't know whether FIFA, the lawmaking, or FAB, oh, would actually uh, take an interest in this, because I think it's a bit of a blight on the game that players are being manhandled. With no with no um, punishment meeting out of any kind, um, I don't know if it, it wasn't in. They did an upgrade of the rules for next season, didn't they? The other day, I don't think it was. It was looked at or mentioned in, in the ones that I picked up, and I could be wrong. Um, but no, I mean it, it's it's frustrating. I mean, certainly on Saturday there was a there was a situation where I thought well, you know they must be with a shout penalty, but as ever, not given. I think also there was someone made a point online, Michael, that if we if we know we're not going to get penalties given, particularly against Jake, um, because of his height and the fact that he stands out so much, um, why are we not working on other routines that try and take that into account? Because two men must then take out this six foot five, six foot six giant. It needs two men to basically obstruct him when he's he's starting to get running. So why are we not trying to work on routines that? take that into account if that makes sense I mean, on saturday we had a couple of fairly namby-pamby efforts where they were trying to volley from the edge of the penalty area from a, a, a kind of a corner back if you like rather than the traditional uh lump into yep. the six-yard box uh didn't really work and, and probably needs a lot more work for it to, to remotely have a chance of going in there but i suppose that's the logical next step isn't it if um if If you're not going to get something one way, you have to try and think of other ways to get it, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. No, no, you're right. And um, even if, like we say... Like the old, it's like the old tactic when you see forwards running off of players, you know, to make the space and to to, to widen the pitch up a bit. You know, if, if you know Jake mm. Cooper, that's going to happen to him, why don't you just put him sort of like on the edge of the box, bring two defenders out with him and then there's two defenders left in the bo- two defenders left to, um, to be involved in any aerial challenges. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Go to Bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
0: Achtung,
2: mail-ball. Pundit is the football trivia game. Every sale using the code Lions at checkout now gives a whopping 40% discount plus a £10 donation to the Lions Food Hub. Visit punditgames.co.uk to order your copy. punditgames.co.uk. Code Lions. Welcome back to the show. Michael, we one to see the other bits that we've picked up on from uh, the Mill website and uh, around the scene. I was interested to see, obviously just the facts of the modern game is... I don't even know if it's newsworthy, but the Mill were amongst the lower end of the championship spectrum in terms of paying out for agency fees, for um, this transfer fees, agents that coordinate these deals. We're, I think we're in the bottom five or bottom six of the division. Not quite the bottom. I think that was Reading. I think we're under various restrictions, I believe, of uh, what they can and can't do. And then at the other end, you've got the uh, the, the big boys, the, the Burnleys and, and the Sheffield United's paying out uh, millions to, to agents. But you know, we we are who we are. It was it was a, it was a, a story on the um on 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 the main website. Um, just the fact of life for us, really, isn't it? We you know, I don't even know if I want to be at the top of that particular league table. Agent fees, league table.
1: Well, let's not beat around the bush. It's probably because we can't afford them. Rather, than... well, yeah, <laughs> no, just... I don't know if I want to afford them. You know, no, no. I think I was going to say I think I think the. The agent world of, of in football is just is just absolutely reeks, doesn't it? You know, and a lot of the time you're you're buying players. It's you're looking at sometimes like more than half the fees going on agents and their fees, especially with some of the big players. You know, with with, with Neymar um, when he went to PSG, um, loads of other mm. players who have had big money moves. You know. A little while later, they end up either in court looking at the cases or, or FIFA as a look because of the agent fees and the um, illegal payments to X and the illegal payments to Y. Um, and, yeah, I just think it absolutely rigs, to be honest with you, agents in football. I know I know to a degree players feel like they need them because, you know, they obviously manage their off-the-field work. And I, I get that. So I'm not exactly blaming players for this. Um, but I think the culture just... And it, they just cause trouble as well. Um, we had it with Fred on the dimna We've had it with other players who, who have gone on and done other things because their agent has advised this and their agent advised that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're nowhere near it when it comes to that league
2: table in truth. I suppose it's it's one of these things where you, as as a man of some maturity, Michael, it's easy to forget that often these are young boys, um, comparatively, not far short being children in some cases. Just out of their 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 childhood years, and they're seventeen, eighteen, and they're earning fortunes. So you know, um, they 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 often they may not feel they've got the skill sets required to manage your own affairs. It would hurt hurt my sense of pride to be uh, have have a kind of like a, a Nick Hart version of Colonel Tom Parker managing my affairs. I think I'd do it myself, you know. Okay. But uh, these are these are these are kids, aren't they? So I suppose it's it's that necessary evil sense of negotiating with. Uh, clubs, you know, and, and financial aid, blah, 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 you don't want to make a mistake so, yeah, necessary evil but anyway, if it, if it, it brings any, any cheer to anyone's heart, it brings a bit of cheer to my heart we're amongst the lower end of the spectrum in the championship on that front um, interesting thing I saw on I was looking at the website before Michael and I uh, spoke today, listeners have you never got a, a worldwide membership um, set up where people from different parts of the world, Europe, the Americas Asia um, can join a kind of like a membership club for, for Sheppie. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what that. Sheppie? I don't know what gives you. I mean, does it give you money off, off um, the TV prices? I don't know if it gives you t- ticket prices or any kind of fast track into anything. I don't I know, even let's know. Let's
1: but have a look. So... Oh, we, we get a limited edition welcome booklet. Very
2: nice.
1: 20% off Mill TV Plus annual subscription. Oh, because they can watch the three o'clocks, can't they?
2: Um, they can we can't. yeah, yeah um, we can exclusive
1: international exclusive international <laughs> line store promotions you'll get out of stock in probably another language um
2: <laughs> six kind of kind of <laughs> stocken <laughs> yeah boten yeah nose of shits and items in stockham um there was the last game we played at home it was, was that Huddersfield? it was that hardest it wasn't was it um when i was walking around season. i came out um I came past the, the Lion's Shop. I was walking down uh, Bolina Road, going, going home. The queue to get into the Lions Club shop, the, the you know, the, the, the club, it's incredible, Michael. Um, yeah. People queuing up to get into. It. I mean, I don't know what's in there. The last time I looked in there, it looked like a uh, you know, like, like, like I've been cleared out. One of these um, panic buy situations where people want to buy toilet paper and they clear out all the toilet paper, you know, from yeah. ASDA or something. It had that empty shelf look in there. No, no, that's just just normal.
1: That's just normal. Empty shelf in the club shop. Incredible.
2: Anyway, (laughs) you get a a percentage
1: off. Hang on. Oh, look. Free access to Harry's Bar on match day. Sod that. It's free anyway. I suppose you're allowed in
2: because you're not allowed in if you're not a member, are you, I suppose? Yeah. Yeah. Invitation to an open
1: uh, training session at the den. That's good. You become an associate member of the Mill Supports Club. So there you are.
2: There we are. Anyway, so worldwide. If you're listening from beyond the. Septial, um you can join the, the Wall Wide Lions Wall Wide membership scheme. Have a look on the on the uh website. Um we mentioned the other day on our group chat, Michael, the, the threat as some would see it to the TV. In fact, you just mentioned the 3pm um, blackout. At the moment, television uh, rules in, in this country mean that for UK and I don't know about the Republic of Ireland, but it's only UK viewers. You can't tune into your team if they play uh, a 3 p.m. Saturday afternoon kickoff. Um, we've got a bidding war going on for coverage of the championship. It seems to be a highly sought-after product, Michael. And a dynamic new, uh, I think they're in boxing, DAZN, DAZN, DAZN are looking to get involved. And I think they're all looking one way or the other. I don't know even if the club's looking to break the traditional 3 p.m. Uh, live TV blackout rule. I think it will go at some. There are so many easy ways around it now with uh, you know virtual private networks and so on. You can get around it one way or the other. And I think football generally wants to tap into that market rather than see it frittered away to to those that uh, you know are circumventing the system. I I, don't, I think it will have, it will have an impact on the game. But I think it will happen personally. How do you see it, Michael? Three PM blackout.
1: Um, i think it will happen but they have to subsidize those lower league clubs because they will not should last be part five of the deal yeah 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 no. they will not last five minutes with this with this window gone with the 3 pm blackout i think i think it's um i think it will happen the lower leagues need to be subsidized that just goes without saying because they're not gonna last five minutes if it's not subsidized because uh uh, the money they they get from revenues etc is is and not just ticket sales you know other bits and pieces beers and merchandise etc, but let let's be brutally honest, it, it it was proved sort of during sort of covid if you will and even before, that the bigger teams and the Premier League teams I think it was proven wasn't it they can survive without a member of the fan of member of the on the TV band income band. alone yeah so yeah so yeah. if you can get a deal that pretty much guarantees that for all clubs, then I don't see any issue why um, it doesn't get brought in because that's the only reason why the 3pm window was brought in in the first place. So if you've got something that can make up for the loss revenue, um, then, yeah, bring it in. It, it may may lead to less people going to games. But then you've also got your traditionalist, Nick. I mean, if if I was at home and I had the choice Ooh. of watching it on TV or in the States, stands, I'd still go to games. You know, I think I think that three pm blackout could be for the likes of the people who can't necessarily get to the away games. But even then, how much do fans rely on away tickets?
2: Yeah, um, I, you know, I, I, everyone will have a view on this, and I'd be interested actually, listeners, to see what uh, people think about the the three pm blackout. I I think it's I think you sometimes you've got to go with reality, and the reality is that you can get around it reasonably sim- easily. I mean, I am no internet uh, you know expert at all listeners I've come from a different age but you know if, if I can get round it well it's it's pretty easy to get around. so there's there's the reality that people are watching their team live at 3 pm. on a Saturday afternoon for the most part there's all sorts of um, you know sticks that you plug into your computer that give you access to foreign coverage um, stuff like that it, it can be done. So I would prefer to see the game in its widest sense, and I include the non-league game, I include the lower uh, National League and the and the Leagues 2-1 and, and Championship in that category, that we have to reinforce the beauty of the English game, which is its depth. Uh, and if that can get money to clubs that need it, you know, you and me were at Sheppie the other day, Sheppey. Um, there's a good well-run club. Um, you need to be able to protect clubs like that. The smaller, uh, the backbone of the, of the game in the in the country, often built around the concept of there being a bar, a clubhouse bar, often that will show games, television games, and will you know generate money over, over the takings over the over the, the, the bar counter. So there are ways to to do both, and I really, really hope that any deal that the the games authorities come up with. Keeps an eye on, on reinforcement. So a non-league club, you know, I've I've been to, we've been to Sheppey, I've been to Canvey. I remember Canvey advertising, get into the bar at uh, for twelve thirty, watch the early game on on their club TVs, have a beer, go outside for the three pm kickoff, which was Canvey versus X. Can't remember it was now. Uh, then come back in again to the bar for the five thirty game, which would be uh, you know that works quite nicely. So you need to think about how you might do things like that. There's, there's got to be ways around it. I don't believe it will be quite the um, the blight that um, people fear, if it's done correctly, Michael. Well, that's what I hope happens. It might mean non-league games kicking off at different times. Um, approaches like that, I don't know. But I think one thing's for sure, it, it, it won't last. This this 3pm thing won't last because people, so many are getting around it at the moment. And there's so much fiddle to be had out of it. So... You know, I think it's right that the industry, the football industry, gets the money that is due from by by legal paying customers. You know, Um, I just hope it's done correctly in a way that protects the lower league game for the reasons that we've we've touched on there. Hundred percent. We shall see, listeners. That's a story that's unfolding at the moment. Lastly, really, I just want to close. Michael's on his lunch hour, and I don't want to I don't want to overstretch it, but uh, just a good news story that. you know we are in the top 10 michael sustainable uh, football clubs apparently we're, we're quite high up in the league table of sustainability that's <laughs> going to please a lot of people isn't it
1: yes long live falafel and hummus
2: <laughs> i don't know what's involved in the sustainable football club um I, I suppose if you don't keep if your electric bill isn't too high i don't know really but um, yeah, i think it's currently we're top. in the top 10 we're yeah, I think
1: it's to do with, like the travel arrangements of the club and all that kind of stuff. So um I think probably it'll even go down to like um it could be I'm I'm guessing things like the where your food comes from and how much emissions are sent or spent um with 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 the uh like transporting your goods to and from the stadium everywhere like that. So well done, Millwall. Well done. Made the Well top done, team. Millwall. Yeah. I just it, found it, the
2: table.
1: Extinction Extinction <laughs> Rebellion will be happy.
2: Forest Green Rovers top the table uh, we're tucked in behind the, the Milton Keynes Dons and Cambridge United Cheltenham are higher than us in this very rare table where Cheltenham are in a higher place than Millwall but uh, in the sustainability states they're just ahead of us at the moment anyway well done the club that's a nice little story to, to close us out Michael really appreciate your time today mate you're at work I'm gonna let you go um, a Big no thank way, you mate. to Michael Avery
1: thank you very much and yes yeah, so, uh, I, I hope you enjoyed listeners
2: a big thank you to you two, delicious, for tuning into this impromptu Monday afternoon review um, of West Bromwich Albion nil nil nil. Huge uh, Easter weekend to come. Luton Town at the Den. Don't forget, it's a twelve thirty kickoff. I was walking around the streets of uh, East London, happily thinking it was a three o'clock kickoff, and then good job I checked because I showed up there just at the final whistle on Friday. Mm-hmm. It's a twelve thirty kickoff. I think it's a TV game, Michael. I believe it's on Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, big showdown. Anyway, there we are. Big thank you, Michael Avery. Thank you, you two listeners. Until the next edition, it's Adrieva 13 Millwall. Bye for now. Afton. Millwall.